Welcome to Postcast tonight. David Locke along with Ron Boone after the Jazz fall for their third straight game against the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Jazz get blitzed early in this game. Frankly, it's over early and everything else was cosmetic after that. They got it down to 44-42 late in the second quarter and you thought that they might make a run, but the Bucks closed as Giannis came back in the game and the Bucks are a dramatically better team when Giannis is on the floor. They're minus 11 per 100 possessions when he's off the floor and they're great when he's on. And he led him on a 7-0 run, then dominated the third quarter, and the Bucks ran away up by as many as 22. It never got inside of 10, uh, maybe briefly for a second, but I don't think so. Uh, let's start with Giannis, and then we'll deal with the ugly and difficult questions that the Jazz have to deal with. Um, what's your thoughts on this kid? We prepped the whole game about how you want to keep him out of the paint, and they couldn't do that at you all. You can't do it. You can't do it. I don't care how much prep work you're doing or how much you you prepare as a team to keep him out of, out of the paint. You just can't do it, especially when he's in transition. You're looking at a guy that's six foot ten. he's got handles. You, you notice the spin moves he had. He had two and one on one possession and was able to score. Um, he made a couple of jump shots. I mean, it's it just, it just no way you can stop a guy like that. I'm just very impressed with this game, his energy level that he, that he plays with. And uh, the Jazz dug a hole early in the ball game, you know, with those turnovers and, and the energy level was really, really high for the Bucks. I didn't think they could, would, could could hold on to it. I thought, you know, playing last night, you know, that if the Jazz were able to weather the storm, they could get back and, and get into it. Got within two, but then, as you mentioned, Giannis got back in the ball game and they stretched it back out to nine at the half. I did talk to a Bucks assistant coach who I know well after the ball game, and they were crazily impressed by their group. To kind of your point, back to back, he just did. They didn't think they'd have that type of energy tonight. Jason Kidd really teaches effort and energy, and he gets it out of that team. So from the Bucks standpoint, they're very pleased. He was impressed with it, and I know I listened to him before the ball game talk about uh, defending and, and positioning himself to rebound and defend the three. And I was trying to put together the combination of why the combination of doing something like that. But by defending the three, they rebound, they're gone. You know, and they're off and running. And, and you can see how fast the pace that they play. Uh, they got a lot out of, a, of, of, of their offense tonight, I, I thought. Uh, if you remember the ball game in Salt Lake City, I don't know if, it, if the Jazz won that ball game. It wasn't because of their defense. It's because they had such a great shooting night and a great offensive night against them. The last two games, we have seen teams that have seen Donovan Mitchell recently. Prior to that, the teams had seen Donovan Mitchell a second time were teams like the Clippers who we played on the second night of the year or third night of the year, Minnesota who we'd seen on the second night of the year, teams that we saw very, very early before Donovan kind of established himself. Now for the first time we're seeing teams that are now game planning specifically for Donovan and have already seen him. Is that what's impacted his last two nights? Uh, absolutely, and this is something that we discussed because you, we knew the second time around when you play against someone, you make adjustments and you find out how to either defend or how to score against some some opponents. That's what Donovan's running running across right now. Can he handle it? I think he, he will be. I mean, he'll definitely be able to handle it. He's got some coaches around him that watch a lot of film, and, and I think he pays attention. But that second time around, whether it's a team or individuals, is something that you have to make adjustments for. And they were ready for that layup. They were ready for that layup. It got blocked, and, and um, Henson, I think. It was Henson that ended up blocking the shot. And he's so long. You know, I'm, I'm doing TV, and I'm really close. I, those arms are just long, and, and uh, it was no way uh, 
Mitchell was going to get that shot off. All right, Jazz fans are up in arms. This has been a roller coaster season. They left Brooklyn. We thought they'd never win another game. Then they won a bunch in a row. We thought they'd win the NBA championship. We wonder if they'd be the fourth seed. Now they're going through the, de- the devastating December, and it's being equally as devastating as we projected it might be, and it's only going to get worse with the quality opponents we're playing. And fans, you know, I got a tweet that I have not sent out yet, and you might have to advise me to not send it. But somebody just sent me a tweet that said, can't Quinn Snyder see these bad starts? And I have the tweet back written as, can't you see how stupid your tweet is? Um, And I haven't hit send yet, but I might have to. Kristen Kenny's advising me not to. (laughs) I should ask Bowler what I should do about it. Okay. So, I mean, obviously Quinn's aware. They get down 16-5. to The starters got outscored 27-10 to the other night. He only kept them in for two and a half minutes to start the third quarter. Is it possible that that simply starting the game differently has totally discombobulated this team? You know, a lot of things happen during the course of the year. From game to game, you just don't know. um, You know, you just don't know what's going to happen. You know what you want to happen, and and you have to give your opponents some credit for making good plays and and you know those type of things. We knew what December was going to be like. We look at the schedule. You knew that we had to survive November to get to this point and then try to grind it out and, and to the point where we can finish on on, um, on a note, giving ourselves a chance to make the playoffs. And, and so I, I know and I can understand the frustration of some of the fans with some of the mistakes that, that are made that probably should not be made. And Quinn Snyder pulled a couple of guys out last night, uh, this tonight, strictly because of uh, some mistakes that were made early that, you know, it's like he's not ready to play. I got to get him out of there. You know that that type of thing. But you know, I can understand the frustration of the fans. I, I think we we get frustrated there as well. But we knew what December was going to be like. We got to grind it out. Do you think? I guess the first. So there's a bunch of things. This is a much longer show for another time. The first question that has to be addressed is: Is there something fundamentally wrong? with the way the Jazz are starting that's impacting things? Or did they just play Oklahoma City, Houston, and <laughs> Milwaukee instead of playing a bunch of teams? Remember, of the when the Jazz went on their win streak and their offense was so good, every single one of those teams, except for Philadelphia, was a below-average defensive team. And the last three teams the Jazz have played are all above-average defensive teams. So is it as simple as that they are playing better teams or is there some more significant adjustment they have to make? It, it's, it's, they're playing better teams. That's obvious. And then the other thing I think is very, very big is that, you know, how good are we? You know, we didn't know. We still don't know that. Uh, we were supposed to be a good defensive team, a poor offensive team. And all of a sudden our offense starts to click against teams that if you're going to win, if, uh, make the playoffs, you got to beat those teams. If you're going to give yourself a chance to make the playoffs, you got to beat those teams that the Jazz were playing. They did that, and I think our hopes got up a, a little higher probably than they than they should. But we still have to grind ball games out. I mean, we, we, we're going to win some games we should lose, and we're going to lose some that we shouldn't. That, that we shouldn't, and that's just the nature of the NBA. And 
let me remind everybody that the one team that they played during that stretch who had a defense that was above average was Philadelphia, and they kicked the crap out of us. Right. Right. Exactly. Don't forget Oklahoma City. I mean, they. Right. Well, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's right. So, yeah. I mean, the easy right. answer is, oh, when Gobert was out, the offense was great. Right. When Gobert was out, we played terrible defensive teams. Minnesota, Denver, Orlando are all terrible defensive teams. The one good defensive team we played in that stretch is Philadelphia. Since then, we've played. New Orleans or Oklahoma City, who's fourth in the league defensively. We played Houston, who's sixth in the league defensively, and we played Milwaukee, who's a top ten defense, and we couldn't score. So it might have a lot more to do with who we're playing than who is playing. Yeah, that, that, I believe that. That's you're absolutely right. And again, um, the Jazz should have to continue to try to improve uh, to the point where they can get that eighth, seventh, or eighth spot. Uh, like I said, I don't know how good we really are. But I know how good we we um, uh, I think this team can be if if and, and I don't think it's any more in the seventh or eighth seed in the in the, in the playoffs. I don't think anyone expected any more than that. That is postcast. Let's go get on the bus. Have a good night. This has been postcast. Unlocked on Jazz.